back to Mary Wood. Today we are reading um, The Haunted Castle by Harlow's Eve, an old Spanish. Chapter 7. One, two, three. So that's why Merlin sent for those books, said Teddy. What books? Who's the Raven King? said Jack. Now it all makes sense, said Teddy. Who's the Raven King, said Jack. But I wonder how he found the Diamond of Destiny, said Teddy. Who's the Raven King, Teddy? Jack nearly shouted. Oh, he's a terrifying creature who comes from the other world, said Teddy. I read all about him in one of the books I brought Merlin from Morgan's library. As a boy, the Raven King longed to be a bird so he could fly. He stole a spell from the Wizard of Winter, but he didn't have the magic to make it work properly. So the spell only worked halfway. It made him half bird and half human. Oh, man, said Jack. Now he commands a huge army of ravens who treat them as their king, said Teddy. Why would he steal the Diamond of Destiny, asked Annie. I, I don't know, said Teddy, but we must get it back for the sake of Camelot's future. And for those ghost kids, too, said Annie, and the ghost dog. She looked around the room. Don't worry, she called. We'll help all of you. We'll get the Diamond of Destiny back. We will, asked Jack. How? We don't know where this crazy, crazy raven man lives or anything. Look, more writing, whispered Teddy. She heard you. Three more words slowly appeared in the mirror dust. Nest on mountain top. Jack felt cold air whoosh by him again. The curtain covering the window moved aside. A patch of moonlight shone on the floor. Jack, Annie, and Teddy walked to the window and looked out. In the distance, a craggy mountain rose in the moonlight. Ah, whispered Teddy. So there dwells the Raven King. I had thought his nest was in the other world. It might as well be, said Jack. We'll never be able to get to the top of that mountain. Aye, said Teddy. No mere mortal can climb that steep rock. How will we get the diamond back, cried Annie. I said no mere mortal, said Teddy. I am more than a mortal, remember? I am a sorcerer. Yeah, but your <coughs> rhymes never work, said Annie. True, but I have more than just rhyme, said Teddy, and he pulled a twig out of his pocket. See? What's that? asked Jack. Tis an enchanted hazel twig, said Teddy. Its magic is strong enough to change me into anything I want. Oh, wow, said Annie. Did Morgan give you that? asked Jack. No, said Teddy. Morgan and Merlin do not even know I have it. A forest sprite. A cousin of my mother's gave it to me in case I was ever in urgent need. So what do you want to change into, asked Annie. Why, a raven, of course, said Teddy. Teddy's crazy, thought Jack. But Annie didn't seem to think so. What a cool idea, she said. They're both crazy, thought Jack. Tis cool indeed, said Teddy. He held up the twig. Wait a minute. Do you have a plan? I mean, what are you going to do once you change into a raven? I shall fly up to the mountain nest, said Teddy. Find the diamond, bring it back, mission done. And what do we do, asked Annie. Wait here for me. I'll be back as soon as I can, 
said Teddy. He climbed up onto the window ledge. His moon shadow stretched across the floor. Good luck, said Annie. Thank you, said Teddy, and he raised his hazel twig. Stop, said Jack. Can we discuss your plan a little bit more? But Teddy was already sweeping his hazel twig through the air. He waved it from the top of his head to the tips of his toes. Teddy, stop, said Jack. But Teddy started his rhyme. <clears throat> oh, hazel twig from hazel tree, make me a raven. Quick, he said, what word rhymes with tree? Wait, said Jack. Doesn't rhyme with tree, said Teddy. Three, said Annie. Brilliant, said Teddy, and he started again. Oh, hazel twig from hazel tree, make me a raven. One, two, three. He waved the twig wildly. Careful, said Jack. He ducked and covered his head. Suddenly, he heard a roar. He felt a blast of heat, and then he heard a strange screech. Jack looked up. Teddy's hazel twig had fallen to the floor. Jack saw Teddy's shadow on the floor, too, but it was no longer the shadow of a boy. A chill went through Jack. A large raven was perched on the windowsill. Moonlit shone on its sleek blue-black wings, its shaggy throat feathers, its thick neck and big beak. A second raven stood beneath the window. It looked like the first, only smaller. Where's Annie? Jack wondered wildly. He tried calling her name, but a terrible croak came from the back of his throat. Arachne! Jack felt as if he was caught in a terrible nightmare. With jerky turns of his head, he peered down at his own body. His arms had turned into jet black wings. His legs were spindly twigs that ended in four long skinny toes with curved claws. Teddy had accidentally changed them all into ravens. One, two, three. <coughs> Chapter eight. Spree, spree. Craja, me, Teddy croaked. Teddy was speaking raven now, but Jack understood him perfectly. Teddy had said, sorry, Jack and Annie. Annie stepped forward and she fluttered to the window ledge and perched with Teddy. Grok work, she croaked. That's okay. This is fun. Quirk, Jack squeaked. Fun? Grogodge, croaked Annie. Caspri, come on, Jack, let's fly. Annie and Teddy lifted off the ledge and disappeared into the moonlight. This can't be real, thought Jack. It can't be real. He looked at his feathers and claws. He stretched out his right wing, then his left, and he flapped them both. Before he knew what was happening, he lifted clumsily off the floor and landed on the window ledge. Jack saw Annie and Teddy flying around in the moonlight. They were zipping about like acrobats, diving and tumbling through the air. Ockney caw, Jack croaked. Annie, come back. Spree, spree, she called. Fly, fly. Ockney. Annie rose from a dive. In one easy swoop, she glided up and sat beside Jack on the window ledge. This is so much fun, Jack, she croaked. Don't just sit here. Teddy flew by them. I'm off to the mountaintop, he croaked. Fly with me. Come on, Jack, croaked Annie. She took off after Teddy, swooping through the cool night air. Oh, man, fear clutched Jack's small raven heart. I definitely entered the tunnel of fear now, he thought. Merlin's words echoed in his mind. Proceed onward with caution, and you will come out into the light. Jack looked out into the night. He closed his eyes, jumped off the ledge.
Jack was falling. He opened his eyes and flapped. His wings lifted him up. He steadied himself. He hovered in the cold night air. His eyes darting left to right. He looked down. He nearly fainted. The castle courtyard was far below. Jack flapped wildly. He glided. He flapped again. He glided. Flapping and gliding, he climbed higher and higher into the sky. Finally, Jack caught up with Annie and Teddy. They were circling in the air, waiting for him. Ark! Jack croaked. Onward! The three of them flew together through the moonlit night, heading for the nest of the Raven King. Except for the swooshing of their wings, they made no noise. They soared up the side of the mountain, past hemlocks and tall pines. They flew through long, misty clouds. As they glided towards the mountain's peak, Teddy let out a low croak. Raven troops! Jack peered through the night. He couldn't believe his eyes. In the white moonlight, he saw thousands of ravens roosting on rocky ledges. Jack, Annie, and Teddy kept flying. They soared above the troops, higher and higher, towards the craggy peak of the mountain. When they reached the top, Teddy let out a squawk. There it is, he croaked, the nest of the raven king. Chapter 9. A Piece of a Star. Teddy dropped down to a ledge. Jack and Annie followed. Hidden in the shadows, they crouched together, their dark feathers touching. They peered out at the moonlit lair of the Raven King. The king's giant nest was tucked under a rocky overhang. It was made of mud, twigs, and long strips of tree bark. Two raven sentries were guarding his entrance. Okay, Jack soft, softly croaked. What's the plan? Listen carefully, Teddy answered. In tiny queaks and caws of raven whispers, he spelled out a plan. All distract the guards. Annie, you keep watch at the entrance. Jack, you go in to the nest and get the diamond. Then both of you head back to the castle and wait for me there. What about the raven king, croaked Jack. I sense he's not here, croaked Teddy. I see no legions of bodyguards, but we should hurry before he returns. Jack had lots more questions about the plan, but before he could ask them, Teddy lifted off his perch and flew towards the entrance. Let's go, cried Annie, rising into the air. Jack was in a panic. He fluffed out his feathers and croaked, wait, you guys. But it was too late. Teddy was already dive-bombing the raven sentries. Ark, ark, ark. The two sentries left their watch and flew at Teddy with short shrieks. They chased him high into the sky. Annie zipped to the entrance of the nest. Come on, Jack, she croaked. Jack jumped off the ledge and flew onto the giant nest. Without thinking, he stepped through the entrance. He jerked his head from side to side. With his raven sight, he saw walls packed with dried mud, animal fur, vines, and sticks. The floor was covered with moss. Jack took a few steps forward. He stopped. He saw no sign of the raven king. He cocked his head from side to side, listening. All was quiet. Jack looked around the nest. One part of the nest wall looked different. It was black and shiny. He stepped towards it. He touched it with his beak. It wasn't a wall at all. It was a curtain of feathers. Jack pushed through the feather curtain. Moonlit shone into the space behind it. Heaps of gold and silver coins glittered in the cool light. Pale pearls, emeralds, and rubies shone and sparkled. Amid all the treasure was a blue-white crystal. It was no bigger than a marble. But it shone with a light all its own, like a piece of a star. 
Jack knew at once the, st- once the stone was the diamond of destiny. His raven heart thumping, he walked to the diamond and nudged it with his beak. As the diamond tilted, it shot forth beams of brilliant light. Jaw, jaw! Annie was calling to him from the outside. Crego! They're coming! Jack carefully picked up the diamond with his beak. He felt a surge of strength and courage. Annie called another warning, but Jack wasn't afraid at all. He calmly walked out of the Raven King's nest back into the night. More sentries had been alerted. They were flying towards the mountaintop, calling madly in alarm. Craw! 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 Jack saw Annie perched on the ledge. Hurry, Jack, hurry, she croaked. Annie flew off the mountain, holding the diamond in his beak. Jack gracefully flapped his wings and lifted into the air after her. As he and Annie sailed down from the mountaintop, a chorus of caws split the night. Like thousands of roosting ravens rose into the sky like a giant black cloud. Their beating wings rumbled like thunder. The cloud of ravens covered the light of the moon, and the night was completely black. Spree, spree, Annie croaked. Fly, fly. She and Jack glided down through the dark sky to the Duke's castle. The wings, the wing beats of the raven army still thundered above the mountaintop, but none of the ravens were chasing them. Don't they know what to do without their king, Jack thought? He wondered where their king was. But with the diamond of destiny in his beak, he felt no fear. The farther Jack and Annie flew from the mountain, the more distant became the sound of the raven soldier's wings. The duke's castle came into sight. Jack saw the light of Teddy's lantern in the nursery, but he didn't want to stop flying just yet. Instead, he swooped over the castle keep, over the courtyard, the gatehouse, the bridge, over the candlelit cottages and the oak forest. Annie flew with him. Finally, they both glided smoothly back to the castle and landed on the window ledge of the nursery. The diamond of destiny was safe. Chapter 10. Where is it? Jack and Annie perched on the ledge and peered into the nursery. Teddy's lantern and hazel twig were still on the floor, but there was no sign of Teddy. Teddy's not here yet, croaked Annie. Let's go ahead and put the diamond back in its place. Jack didn't move. He didn't want to give up the diamond quite yet. It made him feel incredibly brave. Jack, croaked Annie, let's put it back in its hiding place. I'll move the tapestry. Annie flapped to the long tapestry hanging on the wall, fluttering in the air, she took its edge in its beak, in her beak. She tried to pull it aside, but it was too heavy. She let go. I can't move it, she croaked. Not as long as I'm a raven. I guess we'll have to wait for Teddy to change us back into ourselves. She flapped to the window ledge and landed beside Jack. Jack was relieved. The longer he could hold onto the diamond, the better. Hey, croaked Annie. Maybe we could use Teddy's magic hazel twig ourselves. I could come up with better rhymes than him anyway. It won't hurt to try. Jack shook his head, but Annie didn't notice. She hopped down to the hazel twig under the window. She carefully picked it up with her beak. She fluttered back up to the ledge beside Jack. Then she moved her head from side to side, passing the twig over Jack's feathered head, his body, his wings, and his claws. The twig passed over her feathery body and wings as well. With the twig still in her beak, she made a deep croaking sound. Ha ha, ree ree! Ja, ja, ach, me. Oh, hazel twig from hazel tree, make him Jack and make me me.
there was a mighty roar and a flash of light and a blast of heat. And then Jack heard Annie giggle. Yippee! I made the magic work for us. Look! Jack looked down at his arms and legs and feet. Oh, man, he breathed. Ockney and Jaw were gone. Annie and Jack were back. Jack wiggled his fingers and toes. He felt his face, his mouth, his nose, his ears. He loved having his own body back. Teddy is going to be so surprised, said Annie. He acts like he's the only kid who can do magic. She looked around the nursery. Hi, we're back, she called to the invisible children. Guess what? We've got the diamond. The diamond? Where is it, said Jack. I must have dropped it when you changed us. Suddenly they heard a swoosh and a flapping at the window. Teddy, cried Annie. She and Jack whirled around, but Teddy wasn't there. Instead, perched on the ledge of the nursery window was a horrifying creature. He was part human, part raven. He had silky feathers for hair, a beak for a nose, sharp claws, and a billowing feathered cape that glistened in the moonlight like shiny black armor. Good evening, said the Raven King. Chapter 11, Or Else. Jack and Annie were too stunned to speak. Staring at the bizarre creature, Jack remembered the story of the Raven King, how the king had wanted to be a bird, how he had stolen a spell from the Wizard of Winter, how the spell had worked only halfway and left him half bird and half human. The Raven King jumped from the window to the floor. One by one, his raven bodyguards swooshed into the room after him. <clears throat> At least 20 ravens came through the window. Why? Soon, Jack and Annie were surrounded by dark wings, sharp beaks, and bright eyes. Once his guards were in place, the raven king twisted his head from side to side, looking from Jack to Annie. Where are the two ravens who stole my diamond? He asked in a raspy voice. What diamond? asked Annie. What, 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 what ravens? asked Jack, his voice trembling. He wished desperately that he still had the diamond of destiny to give him strength and courage. The ravens that came into this castle after raiding my treasure room, said the raven king. Where are they hiding? Jack tried to imagine that he was holding the diamond. We don't know anything about them, he said in a low, steady voice. Pretending to hold the diamond actually made him feel brave. You don't know anything about them, said the Raven King. No, said Jack. You must have the wrong castle. Ah, the wrong castle, said the Raven King. Yes, said Jack. Perhaps you're right, said the Raven King. But are you certain you haven't seen them? They look very much like this little one here. The Raven King threw his cape over his shoulder and held up an iron bird cage. A raven was held captive inside. Ta, Acne! The raven croaked. Teddy! cried Annie. His name is Teddy, said the Raven King. How charming! I've caught a Teddy. I think he'll make a wonderful pet, don't you? Jack was horrified to see Teddy trapped in the Raven King's cage. It's not charming, he said. It's cruel. You better let him go, or else. Yeah, let him go, said Annie, or else. Or else, said the Raven King, or else what? And with a backwards jerk of his head, he laughed a raspy laugh. Ha, ha, ha.
As the king laughed, Jack glanced at the floor under the window. He saw the hazel twig. He moved towards it. The raven king caught sight of him. His laugh stopped abruptly. Cree-caw! He croaked to one of his bodyguards. Jack dashed for the twig, but before he could grab it, the king's bodyguard had scooped across the floor and picked up the twig in its beak. As the raven carried it to the top of the window, Jack noticed that one of his tail feathers was bent. Jack, look, it's rock, said Annie. She called up to the bird, rock, rock. From his perch above the window, the raven looked down at Annie. Rock, it's me, Annie, she said. I helped you when the people at the village threw stones at you, remember? What nonsense, croaked the raven king. Bring me that stick, bird. Rock didn't move. Gripping the hazel twig in his beak, he stared down at Annie. Give the twig to Jack, Rock, she said, so he can turn Teddy back into a boy. So that ugly little wand is a magic wand, is it? said the Raven King. Bring it to me, bird, now. Don't do it, Rock, said Annie. Don't let him boss you around any more. The Raven stared at Annie a moment with his dark brown eyes. He looked at the Raven King. He looked back at Annie. And then he swooped down to Jack and dropped the hazel twig at his feet. Jack grabbed it. Traitor, the raven screeked at Rourke. You'll pay for this. He lunged towards the raven. Rourke tried to escape, but the king grabbed him by the throat. Jack had to save Rourke. He pointed the twig at the raven king's back and shouted, Oh, hazel twig from hazel tree, make him what he wanted to be. A deafening wind roared through the room. A blinding light flashed. Then all was clear. The raven king had vanished. His cape lay on the floor. Rourke hopped away, unharmed. From under the feathered cape came a hoarse cry. Ark! Annie lifted the cape and uncovered a tiny raven. Oh, she said softly. The bird stretched out his scrawny neck and ark! He croaked again. Hello yourself, Annie said, smiling. She stroked the downy feathers on the creature's head, and then she looked up at Jack. How did you come up with that rhyme? It just came to me, said Jack. I knew I had to save Rourke, but I didn't want to hurt the Raven King. I think I actually felt sorry for him. So you helped him finally get what he wanted, said Annie. You turned him into a baby raven. Yeah, said Jack. Now he can live his whole life as a bird. Rourke flew up to the window ledge. He looked around at the other ravens. It was clear he had become their new hero. Grow, grow, Rourke croaked. He stepped aside, and the raven troops began to leave the nursery, one by one. <clears throat> Two of them escorted the new member of their flock as he timidly flapped his small wings. Rourke was the last to leave. He stared at Annie and Jack with a long gaze. Then he lifted off the window ledge and flew away into the light of the silver dawn. Chapter 12. A new day. Weak came a little croak from the cage on the floor. Teddy, cried Annie. We almost forgot you, said Jack. Queek, Teddy croaked again. Let me change him back, Annie said to Jack. Okay, but let me get out of the way first, said Jack. He handed Annie the hazel twig. Then he quickly stepped over to the window. Annie moved closer to Teddy's cage. She closed her eyes and thought for a moment, and then she waved the wand over the cage and said, Oh, hazel twig from hazel tree, make him Teddy, set him free. There was a mighty roar, a blast of heat, and a blaze of light. Then the cage was gone, and Teddy was a boy again, sitting on the floor, 
Yay, said Annie. Nicely done, said Teddy. Thanks. Welcome back, said Jack. He and Annie helped Teddy up. Teddy shook his legs and arms. Ah, tis good to be human again, he said. And now we must help the Duke's family. Where is the diamond? We lost it, said Annie. Yeah, I had it in my beak, said Jack. I must have dropped it when Annie changed us back into ourselves. Don't worry, said Teddy. It must be here somewhere. The three of them got on their hands and knees and started crawling around the floor of the nursery. There was no sign of the diamond. Suddenly, Jack heard Teddy gasp. Oh my, Teddy whispered. Look, he was staring at the corner. The diamond of destiny was rising from the basket of wool by the spinning wheel. The ghost girl must have hidden it when the Raven King came, whispered Annie. The diamond moved slowly towards Jack and stopped in front of him. Jack held out his hand. The diamond settled into his palm. Thank you, Jack said to the ghost girl. I'll put it in its back in its place now. Carefully holding the diamond, Jack crossed the room. Annie pulled the tapestry aside. Jack opened the golden door of the cabinet. He looked one last time at it. The shining stone. I felt really brave when I was carrying the diamond, he said softly. Jack, said Annie, you were pretty brave just now without it. Indeed you were, said Teddy. Jack smiled. He carefully put the diamond of destiny back in its place and closed the wooden golden door. Then Annie covered the cabinet once more with the tapestry. The air in the nursery grew warmer. A girl began to take shape beside Teddy. She wore a white nightgown. She had dark curly hair. She was about Teddy's age. At the chess table, two boys took shape too. They looked just alike. They were twins about Annie's age. At first, the children were a bit pale and cloudy. Slowly, they grew more and more visible until they were solid and rosy-cheeked. At the same time, a large brown dog came visible by the door. He barked and ran to the girl. Oliver, she cried, and she hugged him. And then she looked at Jack, Annie, and Teddy, and she gave them a big smile. Hello, she said. Hi, said Annie. Are the three of you the only people in this castle? Oh, no, everyone else is here, too, the girl said. But they were all asleep when the Raven King stole the diamond. We were supposed to be asleep, too, but sometimes we like to sneak out of bed and play. We were playing hide-and-seek when I found the secret door behind the tapestry. I wanted to see the diamond better, so I put it on the window ledge to catch the moonlight. Then Tom and Henry started to play chess, she pointed to the boys. Gwendolyn started spinning, said Tom, and Oliver went down to the great hall to look for scraps. That's when the Raven King swooped down the window and stole the diamond, said Gwendolyn. Before we could even go tell our mother and father, we began to fade away. Mother, father, said Tom, as if he'd just remembered their parents. We must wake them, Gwendolyn. I know, she said. We shall go upstairs and wake them at once. Since they were still sleeping, I suspect they never knew they were invisible. Gwendolyn took her brother's hands and the three of them started out of the nursery. At the door, she looked back at Jack, Annie, and Teddy. Thank you for helping us, she said whoever you are. The Duke's children then slipped out of the nursery. Oliver grabbed his bone and bounded after them. Jack handed the hazel twig to Teddy. Listen, said Jack, I don't think this is something that kids should play with. Even sorcerer kids, you better give it back to your cousin. Aye, perhaps that is a good plan, said Teddy. He grinned impishly as he slipped the twig back into his pocket, and then he gestured to the door. Shall we? Jack and Annie nodded. Teddy picked up his lantern and blew out the candle. 
and then he led them all out of the castle nursery and into the hallway. As they started down the stairs, servants rushed by. Ring the bells, one said. Bring water for the Duke and Duchess, said another. We're getting a late start today, said a third. Jack, Annie, and Teddy kept winding down the stairs, past the great hall, past the armor room, and down to the entrance of the keep. As they stepped onto the courtyard, bright light shone on the castle towers. The bells began to ring. Roosters crowed. Cock-a-doodle-doo! Horses neighed. Servants were making a big cooking fire. A blacksmith was pouring his anvil, pounding his anvil. A milkmaid was hauling her pails. In the bright daylight, Jack, Annie, and Teddy walked through the busy courtyard. They passed through the gatehouse and crossed the wooden bridge. And when they got to the other side, they looked back. Archers now stood guard on the top of the castle walls. Teddy waved to them, and then he looked at Jack and Annie. Order has been restored to the castle, he said. Our mission is done. Laughing, they ran through the patch of trees towards the small village. As they hurried along the dirt path past cottages, they saw villagers in their doorways. They were all staring in the direction of the ringing castle bells. Maggie, the old woman, grinned toothlessly at the three of them. The bells are ringing again, she said in a creaky voice. Yes, said Jack. The boys and the girl and the hound are all back. There's nothing to be afraid of any more. The whole castle is alive and well. Jack, Annie, and Teddy left the village and headed for the woods. As they walked through the fallen leaves, sunlight filtered down through the tree branches. Merlin's words echoed in Jack's mind. You are... Well, who's Merlin? Merlin, he's the magician. You are about to enter a tunnel of fear. Proceed with courage, and you will come out into the light. Jack looked around. The forest was bright with the most beautiful golden light he had ever seen. Chapter 13, Jack and Annie's Magic. Jack, Annie, and Teddy crunched through the fallen leaves until they came to Merlin's Oak. They found the hidden door near the rope ladder. Teddy pushed on the bark. The door opened. One by one, they slipped into the candlelit hollow of the tree trunk. Merlin was sitting in his tall wooden chair. Restored order to the castle, he said calmly. Yes, sir, said Teddy. Had to use a bit of magic, but now all is well. Your rhyming must have improved, Merlin said to Teddy. Teddy grinned sheepishly. Well, to be truthful, the real magic was not in my rhymes. T'was the magic of Jack and Annie's courage and the kindness that saved the day. Saved me, too. Indeed, said Merlin. Aye, said Teddy. They have magic as powerful as any sorcerer's rhymes or enchanted hazel twig. Merlin raised a bushy eyebrow. Enchanted hazel twig, he said. Tis only a figure of speech, Teddy said quickly. Merlin turned to Jack and Annie. I thank you for your help, he said. All the realm of Camelot thanks you. You're welcome, they said. Merlin stood up. Come along, my boy, he said to Teddy. I will help speed you back to Morgan now. My research is done. We must return these rare books to her library. He reached down and picked up a stack of ancient-looking books from the floor. He piled them into Teddy's arms. Teddy awkwardly turned with his books. Then he and Jack and Annie followed Merlin out of the heart of the oak. The sun had risen higher in the sky. The woods were still. Teddy peered over the tops of the books. I suppose we must say goodbye now, he said to Jack and Annie. When will we see you again, asked Annie. When duty calls, I suppose, said Teddy, and he looked at Merlin. 
The magician Mama, smiled. Teddy? This one's Teddy and this one's Merlin. Teddy! Will you, will you be able to find your way home all right? Teddy asked them. Oh, sure, said Jack. The treehouse will take us back. He and Annie looked up at the magic treehouse at the top of the oak. A sudden gust of wind rustled the leaves. Jack and Annie turned back to Merlin and Teddy, but they were gone. Bright yellow leaves swirled and danced in the spot where they'd been standing. Wow, said Annie. Yeah, said Jack. Well, said Annie singing. Onward? Homeward, said Jack. Annie started up the rope ladder and Jack followed. When they climbed inside the treehouse, Merlin's leaf invitation was fluttering off the floor. Before it could blow out the window, Annie grabbed it and she pointed to the words Frog Creek. I wish we could go there, she said. The wind started to blow, the treehouse started to spin, it spun faster and faster, and then everything was still, absolutely still. Jack opened his eyes. He and Annie sat quietly on the floor of the treehouse for a moment. Jack looked out the window. High overhead, a bird was soaring through the dusty sky. Jack could hardly believe that just a little while ago, he had been a bird himself. Ready to go home, said Annie. Jack nodded. There was no way to explain what had just happened to them, he thought. There was no way to even talk about it. Annie carefully placed Merlin's autumn leaf in the corner of the treehouse next to their royal Christmas invitation. Then she and Jack climbed down the ladder and started through the woods. In the gathering dark of Halloween night, nothing seemed very spooky. Jack knew all the trees. He knew the familiar path out to the street. As he and Annie headed towards home, three creatures stepped onto the sidewalk in front of them. A hideous witch, a grinning skeleton, and a huge hairy eyeball. Eyeball. The creatures cackled and rattled and hissed. Jack and Annie laughed. Oh, brother, said Jack. Good costume, said Annie. Jack and Annie crossed their yard and, and climbed their front steps. Are you ready to go trick-or-treating, asked Annie. Jack pushed his glasses into place. You know, I think I maybe stay home this year, he said. I'll help Mom and Dad give out the treats. Yeah, maybe I will too, said Annie. But I think I'll wear my vampire princess costume anyway. Jack smiled. Cool, he said. And then he and Annie slipped inside their warm, cozy house and closed the door against the dark of All Hallows' Eve. Hallows. The end. Thanks for listening. Booty, booty.